This Warriors Life podcast 2023 featuring Fonzie, episode 40 and uh, episode 150 all time for This Warriors Life. So auspicious week to bring up a bit of a milestone. Uh, Will Evans here, um, still buzzing a bit from the weekend and uh, and having fever dreams about the preliminary final coming up on Saturday. So it's a good time to bring in Fonzie to bring a bit of balance. <laughs> Analysis to uh, what has been a crazy week and will only get crazier uh, ahead of one of the biggest games in the club's history. Uh, Fonz, how are you, mate? How are you feeling? How, are you, how have you taken all this in? Hey, Will. Um, great to be on here, mate. Yeah, Will's Will's buzzing like a honeybee in a sunflower at the moment. He still uh, hasn't come down off that high. I was really jealous that I couldn't get there on the weekend. Um, watched it at home. Uh, and you know, could sort of feel it from here, but yeah, it's obviously not the same. And uh, it was good to see so many of the different sort of people we kick around with in the content world catching up um, on the weekend. And uh, great that the Kings Container Crew boys got Will out of the cheap seats for a change and, and up into the boxes. So shout out to those boys and, and good on them. Um, yeah, look, it's it's been a surreal week. It's kind of I honestly still hasn't sunk in that we're in a prelim. I really just have not quite fully processed that. Um, even though it's been on the cards in a way for a while, I, I still kind of doesn't feel real. I don't know. You you having any of that sort of sense? Oh, yeah. yeah, big time. I mean, finals is good. Um, obviously, we haven't been in the finals much in the past 12 years. Uh, semis big. And obviously, the occasion was incredible on Saturday, but the prelim is enormous you know only the fifth time in our history you know touching distance to a grand final uh you know i think a decent chance this week it uh it's just such a good matchup it's such an exciting matchup there's a lot of storylines around it it you know it's just another huge chapter and an incredible year coming up um yeah it's just just so excited about what could potentially happen nervous um yeah, it doesn't get much bigger. Grand finals, obviously, the only thing that's bigger, and uh, hopefully, we've got one of those coming up. Yeah, well, let's. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> keep wanting to say don't get ahead of ourselves, but there's not much further ahead to get, right? It's it's here. It's on. It's all on now. Um, yeah, I mean, I I heard your um, podcast with Nick coming off the high of the weekend, which was awesome, and. Uh, you know, obviously, you guys were very much sort of sharing your experience of the game. But what, why don't we talk a little bit about how we thought the team played a, a little bit more analytically? Um, maybe I'll start with a, a general one. How would you rate that compared to our other performances this year? Because a lot of a lot of people are saying that was our best performance of the year. And I mean, obviously, I think it's our most important win of the year and probably the best spectacle of the year in in terms of a live game and so on. But did you, if you sort of think about it or if you did your rewatch, do you think that was our best performance of the year? Yeah, a couple of days removed from it probably brought it back down a little bit towards some of the other great wins we've had this year. I mean, they were fantastic, don't get me wrong. Um, you couldn't have asked for too much more. I did feel, thinking about it a bit more, that Newcastle kind of invited us in, into that uh, blistering start. I mean, geez, they, they, nothing went right for them. 
and we fully capitalised, which was great to see. I mean, that doesn't always happen. It hasn't always happened this year when teams are sort of giving us opportunities on a platter. Um, but as far as having to deal with adversity during the 80 minutes and, um, you know, being sort of dragged out to deep waters, that, that didn't really happen at all. Um, they kept the foot on the throat for the most part. Obviously, Knights came back a little bit towards the end of the half and early in the second. Um, and then we hit another gear again, which was, was fabulous to see. I'd probably say, though, that uh, the, the Jared Croker 300th game against the Raiders, where they really had to uh, dig deep, defend their line a lot in the first half, deal with the sim binning, um, and then came back to steamroll the Raiders in the second half. It was probably a bit more impressive under the circumstances. But, yeah, I mean... Geez, you couldn't you couldn't uh, be too unhappy with with the way it all unfolded. Some um some sensational uh, individual performances, obviously uh, cohesive as a unit, uh, defensively very good for you know ninety five percent of it. Um, yeah, just but do do feel though that the Knights uh, gave us a bit of a leg up. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably with you. I think the our season, our form during the season um, peaked around that Cronulla and and then Raiders win about eight weeks ago and then sort of tapered and we muddled along. And I think this win, this performance was at the level of the Sharks-Raiders wins. Like I think it was equal with our best performances of the year. Um, and that's a, a relief because, you know, like I say, I don't think we got to that level. After that Sharks-Raiders when we were um, going into the bye, talking about how we didn't think we were at the level that could win the comp yet, but there was two months to go, and if the team continued growing at the rate that it was growing um, at that time, that, you know, who knows, right? Who knows if they could get there? So I'd say at this point I still haven't seen the growth that is going to like where our best game that we've put out would match Brisbane's best game or Penrith's best game. I still haven't seen that, um, and I didn't see it on the weekend. I just saw a really good performance from a, you know, a top four team. Um, but there is something about this team and Webby where, um, I mean, for example, he deliberately didn't play Adam Fanua Blake, um, you know, too many minutes on the weekend. I think he was saving. He knew he had the game in hand. He was saving him a bit for what's coming. Um I don't know that we have seen the best of this team. Like, I actually think that, you know, we haven't put it all together and got in the headspace to play our absolute best. And and on the weekend we might have, but the Knights didn't force us to. So we sort of could didn't have to click into that last gear, like you said. And so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll dig into a bit more. There was things I really loved on the weekend. Um couple of things where you can sort of look at the Knights and say, well, that's not going to happen against Brisbane or Penrith. And... Uh, yeah, then sort of a couple of areas where we start talking about the matchup against Brizzy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to your point there, we talked a bit uh, during some of those big wins where we, you know, weren't really tested and we won by a lot. That was another one like that. You know, we did mm. the same to the Dragons, to an understrength Eels. Uh, the Sharks rolled over and we demolished them. It was similar to those games. Um, the one in Canberra in round 15 a few weeks before that was probably slightly different. Canberra brought it in the first half and kind of hit a brick wall in, in the mm. Warriors there. Um, yeah, and then from round 21, that Canberra game that went to Golden Point, that's where it all started to get a bit patchy mm. for the team. And, and then that run home against a bunch of teams that all missed the finals. And we 
kind of yeah muddled our way along and yeah, and then obviously the Dolphins lost, the the Panthers lost, both without Sean Johnson. So to see that sort of performance, you know, regardless of how Newcastle played, was yeah, a massive right. confidence booster after kind of two months of uh, of not really seeing our best. Yeah, I think that's that's right. I mean, so if you look at it, Newcastle make an error first set, um, leak a couple early tries. I thought the Fenua Blake try. I mean, it was. Sort of good for us to set him a bit wide and put him on there half. I think it was Gamble, wasn't it, on that side, um, and have him slice through. But that happened after the Egan no try, which should have been a try. So there was this big long stoppage while the video rep pretended to look at it and this and that. And then I think it was the second tackle off that stoppage or third tackle off that stoppage where we score that try. And to me, early in the game, a try like that getting leaked off the back of a stoppage where no one can be that tired is a bit of a like if I was if, if I was a Newcastle fan I'd be filthy at that like I would have been spewing at that um so <clears throat> I think Newcastle sort of missed the start a bit like we did the week before against Penrith and then they were sort of playing scoreboard pressure catch up through the game and I, I thought there was that period about 15 minutes before half time I think the Knights had got there first and I was looking at it going this is when the game's going to get decided either we're going to score and kick away or they're going to score and narrow it up and it'll be you know, no scoreboard pressure will be tight coming into the second half. And actually neither thing happened. We just kind of ground out a stalemate in that second, uh, that last sort of 10, 30, 10, 12 minutes of the first half. Um, came out second half, exchanged tries, and then we kicked away. Now there's sort of two things happening there too. I think Newcastle settled and got into the game. Now you've got to remember um, they didn't have their halfback Hastings. And He's like he's not the most dynamic halfback in the comp, but he's a very good organising halfback. I think he gives them good shape, good width. And so there was probably a bit of them um, adjusting to having Clune there, and Clune's a very different player to Hastings. And they also didn't have Saifidi, so their starting prop rotation was um, a little bit weaker than it normally would be. And so our starting middles really just got on top of them, right? We, you know, putting it, it's a bit like the Penrith game. Even if they didn't make the errors and give us the chances, I don't think we, we were going to roll over the top of them. Now, when we took Barney and Fenua Blake off, things leveled up a bit, right? Things sort of leveled up a bit in that middle period. And it's when we bring Barney and Fenua Blake back on that we we surge back out and um, win the game. So there's a, there's a little bit of, you know, weakness for them from injury. Um, the other one was Ponga. He... We shut him down incredibly well, and I, I, you know, I think we did a great job on that. But again, Hastings is the player who gives him, like, his he puts the ball in the right spot for Ponga and gives him the right width. And like, it's kind of like you know how like Shawnee does what Shawnee does, but Shawnee always looks that bit better if he's getting the ball off Egan. You know, like if he's getting that that nice front football in the right spot from Egan, Sean's sort of already a step ahead of the defence. And I think that's what Hastings does to Ponga. And obviously Hastings wasn't there, and Clune didn't do it. So I think again, like we we probably had it a bit easier shutting Ponga down than we are, for example, going to have with Reno playing a Reese Walsh on the weekend. So there was sort of all these things that meant that our job was made easier for us. Um, but you can only play what's in front of you, and you know I think we we did that really well. And to be honest, I think we coasted it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as you say, you can only play who's in front of you, and they did that uh, especially well just on the Ponga thing, maybe as well. The, that sort of forward dominance played a, yeah. played a big hand in that. I mean, Ponga 
had been still killing it those last couple of rounds when Hastings was out and the second half uh, against the Raiders when yep. Hastings had gone off. He exploded uh, to give them that lead in the second half um, in the qualifying final. But, yeah, we, we shut him down. I, I heard on uh, the Bloke in a Bar uh, podcast, I think it was Guru, had the stat that it was the first time since round 13 Ponga hadn't had a try or a try assist in a game, which is yeah, wow. a phenomenal stat. Yeah. But he was, you know, like he, he didn't even look dangerous, Ponga, really. I, well, I couldn't remember too many times where he looked like he was going to have a big impact on the game. So, you know, yep. good sign uh, ahead of playing a similar style player in Reese Walsh, although I'm sure Walsh will have a, a better platform to work off the back of. And obviously Reynolds and Ezra Mamma's combination with those guys is a bit more dangerous than what the Knights served up. But, yeah, again, they, uh, they did everything you could ask of them, I thought, last week, the Warriors, pretty much. Yeah, they did. And so let's let's break that down a little bit further too. So run meters, we won that 2076 to 1446. Like that's that's usually the end of the you don't have to look at anything else other than that to know you're gonna win the game if you do that. It's a bit chicken and egg, right? Because if you look at it, we only got three repeat sets from dropouts. So the and so it wasn't sort of that we dominated possession through earning repeat sets, but once you start scoring tries, you get the ball back and it starts ratcheting up that way. Um, so yeah, it's a bit chicken and egg, but we we clearly won the the middle battle and won it easily, and won it in terms of um, out and out um, forward carries, but also the shape we used through the middle and the trouble that caused them. Um, I started seeing, you know, I think there was that sort of the way they used um, walks, zero, um, the smaller forward through the middle looked good again. It looked good in a way that it's looked good for us earlier in the year, whereas against Penrith that never really got going, albeit with walks out of there and Sarah playing a role. So um, that was good to see. I thought our back three, like if you look at uh, – sorry, back five, but uh, back three. Our back three, the best three yardage um, uh, combination in the comp this year, in my opinion, or certainly of the teams left, um, with the possible exception of Penrith. Really, um, they were coming out of cannons again against Penrith. I thought they, um, in the yardage battle, matched Penrith. There was one area where we did match them. They did it again. Um, they're sensational, and and I think um, you know Chance was uh, he was probably overdoing it, looking for work. He was the amount of carries he was doing. Thirty-two was... runs. Thirty-two runs is ridiculous. Like, yeah, you, you see that you know once every I don't know how often. <laughs> it's like a once in five year stat. Yeah, and you just didn't see that same energy from Newcastle's back three, right? So um, we sort of got on top of them there. That means our sets are starting better. Johnson was kicking better than, um, you know, we had the week before and Newcastle were. So we were starting our sets better. Our middles were continuing the role, playing with good shape. Um, And then when we got good ball, the right edge looked deadly as always, you know, rolling some good shape. Temare, you're starting to see glimpses of what he's going to be um, bringing to the team and why he's probably a better option than Metcalf, in my opinion. I don't know if you have Yeah, oh, absolutely. That Montoya try was just so slick. Those hands, yeah. Pompey as well, beautiful hands. But uh, great to see Martin ignite something down that side. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously good to, to have those threats on both edges and good timing because uh, can't be one-trick ponies going into a prelim against the Broncos. And and he should, like, he's, that's his... Well, he played half a game in Cup, then he played the Dolphins game, but he played that in the in the different role in the Sean Johnson in the sorry the um, 
the Dolphins, he played that on with Volkman, didn't he? Then he played the Penrith game in the Johnson role on the right. So he actually hasn't had any games with Sean playing the left-right combo that they played on the weekends, right? So, yeah. so since April or... Yeah, since April. April. Yeah, so um, it's actually you'd expect it to be clunky as all get out, but it wasn't. It wasn't that clunky, and I think you know having had that run, they'll be better for that. Uh, so that was that was good to see. But in defence, both edges. I don't think Newcastle threw great shape at them, but both edges were excellent, really in sync, really coordinated. I think maybe Montoya came in once that I where I looked at it and said, "What are you doing?" But Otherwise, mostly they were making good decisions. They were moving as a unit. I thought it looked pretty slick. Did you sort of get that sense of the game? Yeah, I mean, they were. I know that I've probably been a bit harder on Montoya, Pompey and Berry than, than you have. Or, um, and uh, I thought they all three of them had some pretty patchy moments uh, against the Panthers. All three of them were absolutely superb against what looked like quite dangerous matchups for us. You know, best and... Um, and Gagai, obviously, outstanding centres, and Dom Young, um, they played all over them. Um, yeah. You know, some, in some quite big moments, um, dominating the Montoya, um, smashing Young into touch during that opening blitz. Um, yeah, Pompey was outstanding. Um, Barry, you know, given the occasion, probably a, an even bigger breakout game than that Sharks game a wee while ago. He was, there's one run, and I think it was a 46 minute. Knights had just scored at 16-10. He comes up with a big carry and draws the penalty. From there, we go and score, and the game, you know, just flows on for us from there. That was huge. And then, yeah, and then he was outstanding for the rest of the half-on attack. Got a great try. Uh, Yeah, huge for Barry. Uh, Massive, massive confidence booster for all three heading into this weekend. Obviously, uh, yeah, Barry and Pompey have have those matchups with uh, Stags and Farnworth and Montoya is up against Sal and Cobo. So, you know, they did it against probably the form, two of the form centres and winger going around. The, all, those three players have been unbelievable for the Knights on their 10-match winning streak. Uh, those three are obviously very key for the, the Broncos, but it'll yeah, just give them a, a huge, huge uh, psychological boost going into Suncorp. Yep. Yep. No, it was, it was, it was really a game where, Everyone did their job pretty well across the park. Um, I think Jazz is still not quite hitting his full straps, but I thought he was a bit better. And I'm, again, hoping that another game under the belt, he'll uh, continue to improve this week. Cause, yeah, it's you know, 19 minutes for him. Um, yeah. But he's pretty busy. Yeah. And, and, I mean, partly I think that's probably because of where he's at, fitness and post-injury. But also, again, we don't have a lot of middle minutes to give out um, because of the the way we sort of use Tohu and Walks and others. So, um, yeah, but he, if he's only, if he's going to play 20, he really needs to come on and um, up the energy levels and tempo, which I thought he did to a point, but it's not quite how it was sort of before the injury in the earlier rounds, is it, when he comes on? Yeah, and I guess, you know, different sort of game. We're already on top, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, he can still be that bit of a, a momentum changer when he comes on. Um but the fact was the the rest of the middles that are, were on fire and um, yeah probably didn't quite need his um, his impact as much as we might. But yeah, hopefully he's uh, again better for another run. Hasn't played a hell of a lot of footy in the last few months and still still a guy that you you're happy to have there. I think. And SJ, like on TV, he didn't look hampered at all. He was 
taking the light on, I thought he probably was avoiding contact a little, but not not in a way that was harming the team. He just was probably just taking one less step into the line than he might otherwise. He wasn't shy, kick in general play, um, and you know he certainly was in the game. You know, like he was. People sort of said he was playing in a dinner suit. Well, he he was, but not in the sense that he was avoiding getting dirty, just in the sense that he was, you know, really precise with his timing so he didn't have to carry into contact and and it worked for the team. I mean, did you get any different sense at the game? Could you see him in back play, for example, sort of stretching out or resting up or bludging on the blind side here and there to sort of give himself a bit of pacing? No, not well. I mean, I wasn't. It's kind of harder, I think, at the game than than on TV to check it out, especially with everything that was happening and yeah. all the excitement. So, um, yeah, didn't really notice anything. And you know, just after he got through that first ten minutes, I kind of totally forgot about the calf because he just looked so confident and he didn't look slow or laboured or anything. Um, he yeah. certainly ran the ball a fair bit, even if he wasn't, um, you know, getting into contact too much. Um, and yeah, as you said, everything was just, you know, it was. It was it was near perfect the way um, his shifts, his kicking game, um, yeah, and uh, he's you know just brought so much energy to it as well. Uh, it was I thought it was a masterclass really under the circumstances. He did everything that we needed from him uh, perfectly, forcing repeat sets, uh, hands and tries, two great tries. Um, yeah, I couldn't really, have, especially the the lead up to the week. I felt funny all week just because I was so, you know, uncertain mm. about whether he'd play and whether he would be at full capacity. Um, it was a bizarre build-up, especially for a game that big for me mentally. Uh, mm. So to see him come out and play like that, um, yeah. And, you know, didn't have to do a lot of defence. I see he only credited with eight tackles. He got a bit of a plug from Webster for his defence um, in the post-match presser. Um, but, yeah, certainly no, uh, no glaring misses or anything like that. So, yeah, obviously... You know, I know they're more than a one-man team, but the difference that it makes to everything when he's there is um, quite noticeable, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was night and day, wasn't it? And you got to wonder how much some of the other boys um, against Penrith, just how much he sort of just mentally, the senior players kind of know that without Sean, it's just not going to be the same. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it'd be so hard. We've run out against Penrith. You make a couple of early errors because you'd miss the start in a semi because you haven't been playing those tough games. You know Sean's not there, so points are going to be so hard to get and you've got scoreboard pressure. It's just it's just so such a weight, whereas with Shawnee there, so much seems possible. You feel like you get good ball, you probably get points. It's Yeah, it's a totally different mentality. Um, uh, yeah, and just one guy that probably deserves a, or a couple that deserve a mention, Tohu Harris. I mean, yeah. he was phenomenal. Um, he was my player and, of the match. Uh, you know, yeah. 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 Uh, him and, like, there was there were so many good individual performances, but Tohu, Chans and, and Sean, I thought, probably stood out. They um, probably went a bit overboard in the emotion of it in the Kings container crew player ratings, all 9.5s. So don't dish out too many of them. But um, I just thought the, the occasion and, and just how perfect they played. Um, and and their involvement, um, yeah, just had to dish out some uh, very generous ratings. But, yeah, Toho's stats, 25 runs for 228 metres and 39 tackles. I mean, that's massive just on its own. That's kind of near man of the match territory. But when you throw in his ball playing, uh, you know, he made that break in the lead up to Dylan Walker's crucial try. Um, 
that just everything, all the one percenters, the um, you know, the perfectly timed decoy runs that contributed to tries. He was, um, yeah, I mean, he's amazing, really. 80 minutes in a final at, at his age with the injuries he's had, and to produce that sort of performance, I mean, yeah, what, what a skipper. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. He's, um, he's, 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 remember when we had Roger and we talk about the game every week, but not talk about Roger because he was always just outstanding. And like, it was always, you didn't have to say it because it was just so normal. That's, yeah. I feel like that's where we are with Tohu and to a lesser extent, um, probably these days with Egan as well, where um, we don't talk about him as much, but that's because we're now used to the idea that he's operating as a, you know, top tier hooker. Um, yeah, okay. So, Oh, actually, before we go on, um, I did want to ask about um, your when you looked at the 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 way we were moving off the ball because this is what you don't see when you're on to like on TV. You don't get to see the the decoy runs and stuff. So, for example, when we're going wide, off it'll go often Egan tucking into the right to Shawnee, and I mean, I know we like a play where the back rower and Barry are running inside lines to open it up for Chans and Dal and that kind of thing. Did you get a good sense of that at the game, sort of from high up in your fancy seats? Like, we weren't too high up and we were quite close to a goal line. So okay, probably okay. the best angle to, to tell that sort of thing. Like, I mean, it just everything felt very crisp, though. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm getting in anyone's way and, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the sense that we got, and obviously we're several, uh, several little creatures deep, and all the buzz <laughs> and excitement. It's hard to get a a full grasp of it, um, but it did seem very, very slick um, for 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 the most part. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, can't be much more help than that, I'm afraid. No, understood, understood. Hey, um, speaking of, did the Kings Container Crew boys happen to say how they're going filling up their new locations with um, quality staff and quality customers. What's going on there? Uh, so I think things are kicking off pretty nicely down in Hamilton there at the new depot. Um, but you can always feel them out. Also, if you're in uh, Auckland or Christchurch, Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne or Perth, they um, if you can get a gig with them, you're getting in with the best container crew in Australasia, in my Humble opinion, um, and my unbiased opinion as well. But no, they're a great bunch of guys. Really care about their staff um, and just tremendous league loving warriors, loving blokes. Um, and yeah, still, still very much um, on a high from getting to hang out with Carlos and the boys on the weekend. Um, and thank them again for their outstanding support of not only the warriors but this podcast. And uh, yeah, they are absolutely. Uh, fizzing for what's to come this weekend and hopefully next weekend. I know that uh, Tom will be um, Tom will be hoping for a grand final. He's he's Sydney based. He'll be uh, heading along if if we make it. So yeah, it'd be great to to get that for him. Um, yeah, and for yeah. me too, me too, man. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> forget about forget about forget about him. Um, uh, <laughs> all good, awesome. man. All good. Okay, so. Let's talk about what's coming. Um, first question. Can't look at stats. Um, who's got the bigger pack this weekend? 
Uh, I don't know. I feel like the Broncos probably do. Do they? I mean, I don't feel like we're a huge pack. So and Adams huge, obviously, and the rest are probably just average for their average to smallish. So they're starting yeah. th- starting three middles. Uh, um, 117 for Haas versus Adam Fenor Blake is 123. Um, their lock is his Adamie Carrigan is 106 versus Torhu is 108, and yeah. then Flegler is 110 versus Barney 104. So in total, we are the bigger pack on the weekend um, to start. Yeah. Then you look at their bench. Um, it's a bit of a weird bench, actually, but they've got Hetherington, who's 95 kilos, um, Paikura, who's 102, and what's the other P? Pala- Palacia. Yeah, 106. And then uh-huh. Tyson Smoothie, who's a hooker at 97. Um, you know, so that there's not there's not a big set of bench forwards. Now, we're not very big either. You know, Jazz is sort of in that 95, 96 range. Walks, I think, is probably late 90s these days. Um, Ciro's mid-90s, Curran's probably nudging 100. So they're probably a little bit bigger on the bench, maybe. But basically it's two evenly weighted packs um, coming together where there's um, one genuine big bopper forward, um, one sort of uh, big forward, and then sort of a bunch of more mobile forwards playing. So um, that's straight away when I was just sort of sitting there looking at that is a bit different to the picture I had in my head. You know, when I have a think of the Broncos in yeah. my head. I, yeah. I was the same, actually. So it kind of felt like we were a bit of a lightweight compared to them. But, uh, yeah, that's, um, that's refreshing. And it's it's also because um, Huss plays such massive minutes that there's always, you know, like he plays like 70 minutes or, you know, sometimes 80. So he's always out there, which probably is one of the reasons they can play a smaller pack. But the fact that Tohu and Fennel Blake play big minutes is also a reason we can play a bigger pack. So um, that matchup's not as, uh, uh, you know, it's not as much of a factor as you might think. It's more about, you know, I think there's there may be a slightly more explosive runners aside from Fennel Blake on their side, whereas we rely more on, and by explosive I mean um, power, whereas... I feel like our guys rely more on speed and ball movement than theirs do. Like so, Torhu, he's he's got a powerful carry, but his for him the real the secret is um, he's a pass option. So you got to hang off him, you know, and then that allows him to power through the line. Whereas sort of a Flegler or even a Carrigan is is going to be more straight up and down. So I think that's um that's quite an interesting matchup where I don't think you'd look at it and say they've got a clear advantage um, across the forwards. I'd say it's pretty evenly matched. What do you, what do you reckon before we get to spine and backs? Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I think we do match up well. They've got a great pack. Um, Fenua Blake and Haas, you know, hopefully, you know, you don't, if you said they cancel each other out, you'd just about take it. I know either of them could play over the top of the other in such yep. a big game. Um, we, you know, we saw... Um, AFB kind of neutralised a bit against Penrith. Um, Payne Haas is, you know, dominates at NRL level, but we've seen him be a little bit anonymous comparatively at origin level um, in those big games. So, you know, you never know how that... But, yeah, man for man, I'm fairly happy with how we go. Carrigan's great, but Torhu, you wouldn't trade him for anyone. Mm. Uh, Barnett is just, a, you know, he's a, a mongrel 
he's and and works bloody hard. So I'm more than happy with him up against Flegler in that matchup. Uh, those second row match. I don't know if you want to talk about them. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk as, as an edge, but um, you know, Ricky, good solid uh, runner. Um, you know, hard worker, but nothing too spectacular. I don't think Kurt Capewell, a lot of experience. Um, you know, not maybe not the most fairly versatile type, but not super dynamic. I'm more than happy with um, with uh, Marata and um, and Jackson Ford especially the way that Jackson Ford went on against the Knights. He was superb, mm. I thought. Cut out a lot of the, um, you know, kind of more uh, enigmatic parts of his game um, on the weekend. Um, yeah, like that matchup, like the bench matchup, they're carrying a hooker. We've, you know, got hooker cover. Um, mm-hmm. Smooth, you'll give them more impact and stuff. We don't have that uh, kind of impact. Um, dummy half, but, you know, all things going to plan, Egan plays 80 or close to it for us. So, and, you know, he's the best in the... One of the best in the business. So, um, yeah, and, and, you know, Pierre Cora, Hetherington, uh, good, decent players. I'd take our bench, though. You know, Karen Tavanga, Walker, they're, you know, they're big personalities. They've got a lot of impact, a lot of experience between them. Um, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, that that pack and the edge forwards, too. Yeah, like, uh, Nyokore is arguably the best edge forward in this game, I would say. And, Ford and Curran, um, you know, uh, I think hold their own there with what the Bronx have got. Um, I mean, I think the, the Bronx are a younger team than us, and, and you see that in the way they play across the board. And, like, I, I mean, for Noel Blake, I think he – we've seen him on the end of a pass or even offering a pass or with footwork um, make line breaks, even score tries in a way that Haas doesn't. But in terms of just an out-and-out power carry – Probably Haas is the the best in the game, so there's there's sort of different things that are um, different strengths of those two packs, and I think if we can be kicking well and controlling when their forwards get the ball and where, so that they're not um, coming at us with too much momentum, I think they're much more straight up and down than we are. Whereas on the other hand, if we are getting the ball in position, getting a roll, able to open up the middle a bit. We've got way more creativity and skill in our pack than they do, and I think that's a, a real threat, especially when our bench comes on. So, um, yeah, look, it, it, it'll depend how the game goes, but if the game goes our way, I think our middle can do a job on theirs. Yeah, they, like they were dominant against the Storm, um, set, played, laid the platform, um, aggressive, uh, tough, but the Storm didn't really, you know, I don't think they'll they've put up as much resistance as you're going to see from our pack. Um, they're very ill-disciplined, the Storm, and I think it's still a Storm pack that's hasn't got over the, the loss of the Bromwiches and Kalfusi and um, and Brandon Smith. Um, and yeah. Yeah, they just got outplayed. And um, so, yeah, I think I, I like our match up there. It's going to be tough, much tougher than it was against Newcastle, but certainly yeah. not a, it's certainly not, you know, one-way traffic. Yeah, I probably shouldn't say they're packed straight up and down. I don't mean they are because they do have creativity and, you know, Carrigan can use the ball and so on. I just mean relative to us, like we're the more creative of the two and they're probably the the, the more sort of hard running of the two overall. Um, I, yeah, I think we have the edge at hooker um, just because I think Wade's a, the best hooker in the park and he'll probably play 80. Um, you know, Billy Walters, righto, and Tyson Smoothie, I mean... Um, 
if you put those, those three hookers on the market, everyone's everyone's after Wade, right? I mean, it's pretty clear. Oh, yeah. I mean, Walters has probably, for me, been a bit of a surprise packet for Brisbane this year, and he had a good yeah. game against the Storm again, but not certainly not in that top tier and just those little things that, that Wade brings. He's obviously a very clever footy player. Um, you know, his service from dummy half is, I'd say, the best in the game. Yeah. Just those, you know, just how he puts it on dime for Sean and, you know, can ju- it just gives us that half-yard advantage on attack, um, picks the times to run. Um, yeah, there's no doubt that we've we've got the edge there. Um, you know, there's no mug, Billy Walters, but he's no Egan. And so that brings us to the backs. Um, let's start with the outside backs. I mean, I think anyone else in the NRL is not a Warriors fan is looking at start with the back three and going Walsh, Arthur's, um, Cobo has the has it over us there, but I, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think like Walsh Walsh probably needs a conversation all on his own because I think he's you know probably the I've said it before. I think he's the most talented player I've seen since Andrew Johns. Um, but if I look at back three yardage, I'd back our three um, over their three. If I look at out and out, you know, try scoring finishing, I reckon um, Dal is as good as any of them there. If I look at sort of defensive positioning, defensive work rate, I'm I'm going with chance every day. So. You know, it just depends again how the game goes and what strengths get used the most as to what the matchup there is. What do you, what do you reckon? And yeah, should, yeah, should... yeah, we're definitely a harder working back three um, that can you know take the pressure off our our forwards and take us out of a bit of trouble down our end. Um, yeah, Dallin's been the best finisher in the NRL this year. Um, Cobo, great finisher. Yeah, probably a little bit. Um, can drift in and out of games with his involvement, but again, 20 tries. I didn't think it was actually that high up this year, but you know, he, he can finish uh, probably not to the kind of highlight reel level that we've seen from Dallin this year, but um, you know, origin, origin winger. Arthur's is a funny one, They've, he's uh, forced his way in ahead of Oates, which is interesting. I'm a fan of Arthur's, but yeah, he's you know, he's not one of the top tier wingers by any stretch. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite confident in both of those those matchups. Um, I don't think we lose too much. I mean, you know, if you're picking a dream team out of the two, you probably go Dallin and, and Cobo, but more yeah. than happy with uh, the two that we've got. And, you know, Chance, I mean, Chance gives you what what he gives you every week. Um, that was obviously a, a high point last week, extraordinary, but he's, you know, the gap between his best and worst is, is pretty small. Um doesn't make a lot of mistakes, rock solid, you know, big defensive presence and, um, and yeah, Roger like in the way that he has uh, his appetite for, for carrying the ball. So, and, you know, good. His combination with Sean has been great this year, scored a try off it the other day. Mm-hmm. He had a try assist, I believe, um, you know, he's no Walsh in that department, but um, he's a bigger body, hard, uh, probably a harder player to contain as a, you know, one-on-one Defender, I guess. Um, yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with Chance as much as uh, Walsh is going to be, you know, a bit of a make or break proposition on Saturday. Well, if you bring the centres in, so Barry Pompey versus Stags and Farmworth, the overall effect of the back five to me is, I think they're they're obviously younger and I think faster than we are, um, and 
you know, I mean, possibly a bit more powerful as well. And so I'd probably look at it overall and say, um, as a halfback, I'd probably rather have their five running onto my lines than our five um, as as a group. But um, you know, on the on the other hand, I think we do have you know some experience there and some some different talents. But yeah, I mean, it's a big assignment for Berry and Pompey against Stags and Farmworth. They got you know they're they're going against players who everyone in the NRL would say is a level above where they are. Um, and so uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna have to play their best games to sort of hold them there. Um, yeah, I mean I think sometimes you do see Barry and Pompey a, a bit quiet in games, and and in their week to week consistency, certainly nothing like Stags and Farmworth. They're not as dynamic or mm. the same sort of try scoring threat. Uh, Stags and Farmworth both have 13 tries for the year, which is um, which is just great tallies anyway for a centre, but for both of them to have scored 13, that, that really uh, illustrates mm. the threat, you know, that they have on both edges there. Um, and also how, also how they like to play as well, which is, yeah. you know, they're quite happy to give their centres a bit more early ball and back the the strike they've got, whereas we mostly use our centres to um, yeah. to decoy, or decoy run and create outsides. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Pompey's got he's played every game this year and he's got five tries. Uh Berry's played uh sixteen games, three tries. So um but yeah, I'm I'm sure they're pretty healthy in the try assist uh, columns, Berry and Pompey. Um I yeah, just think the confidence that they would have got from how they played against a very mm. you know Massive. very tough individual matchups, uh puts them in good stead for this weekend of it, you know, if they've just gone average against the Knights, I'd be probably pretty terrified by the, these matchups. But, you know, definitely backing the boys in this weekend to, to do the job again. Uh, we saw against the Storm, Stags and Farmworth um, swap sides a bit. I don't know what, you know, mm. it was just a bit of a shock yeah. tactic. I don't know if it really was that effective. But, yeah, interesting to see. Um, another one, uh, I was just watching, it just uh, twigged my memory during the week. Um Pompey gave Stags a bit of a bath in the latter stages of that game in Napier. He yeah, beat he him did. twice to um, to send Montoya in twice and almost steal the game if, he, if only he hadn't uh, grabbed another Bronco for that second one. But, yeah, interesting to see he beat. He uh, sort of stood him up a bit and uh, offloaded for Montoya to get the first one. He beat him cold um, for the what would have been the leveller. Um, so, yeah, you know, don't count out Pompey um, having – Getting some back, it's not just about holding stags and, and farm worth. I mean, you know, yep. those two boys, and we saw from Barry, particularly on the weekend, that uh, he's um, capable of pulling something out of the back. So, uh, yeah, again, that back five matchup is uh, looking a, a bit better than maybe if we'd been previewing this game a week ago. Yeah, agree. Agree. Uh, but I still, and we've got to talk about Walsh in a minute, but I, I'd still probably give the back five to Brisbane um, if I was being, you know, ruthlessly objective. But um, I can see a, a world where our back five outplays theirs, definitely. Um, I think we've seen more, more, you know, collectively across the season, they've had better seasons than our back five. Yeah, our back five's best level and our back five level last week. Yep, yep. It's up there. Yeah. So then halves... I mean, so we've got to assume Sean is fully fit at to the level of last week because if he's not, then 
you know, we're in a different world. And I wouldn't swap halves with them. I wouldn't swap no. halves with them. I mean, Reynolds is great for them. Sean's great for us. They're both absolutely brilliant in uh, their respective finals wins. But, um, yeah, both about 33. Uh, yeah, both immaculate kicking games. It's a great matchup. Uh, probably cancel each other out to a certain degree. But I think Sean maybe has the, the capacity to, to have a bigger say on Saturday. Well, it's it, like we play through Sean more than they play through Renault because they've got Walsh. You know what I mean? So, like, if you look at if you look at Brisbane, like Walsh is the man. He's the Renault, you know, organises kicks, but um, you know, and he's playing to the centres. But he's also he's looking to put Walsh into space, and we don't have that fullback. Like Chance does ball play. He sits on the back of that sweep, but it's it's not the Walsh level of creativity. So. You know, you want to get Walsh early ball, let Walsh size up the numbers and go with chance. We just want him to do a specific um, role in our backline moves where he gets the ball at a certain point and makes a pass or a run decision. That's it, right? Whereas Walsh, you want to get him the ball deep early if, if needs be and let him size up an edge or, you know, even have him coming in. So Renault, like if you're going to play, if you've got Walsh in the team, your halfback's going to have be less of an attacking focal point. And I think like Renault, we shouldn't underrate Renault because of that, like it's, it's an unselfish way that he plays, that he's done that. Um, and he has produced a few moments this year where he has kind of busted the game open on his own. He's not probably uh, thought of as a, a great running halfback, but he, uh, you know, can pull out a chip and chase. He's, you know, he's no no uh, slouch in that department. Uh, good support player. Um, just on what you're saying, the comp, the comparison between Chans and Walsh, do you think it's slightly similar? With Ezra Mam and Tomato Martin, uh, where Mam plays a bit more off the cuff as well, and, and yeah. can kind of, you know, carve a team up uh, out of nowhere, whereas Wills Martin sort of there to play a more um, structured role. Well, I mean, I think you can say that about, you know, in a way, a whole team compared to their team. Like, so if you look at how we score some of our best tries, it's Egan with some. Um, work out of the middle where he's probably um, drawn the middle in a little bit, thrown a no-look over the shoulder pass. It's bought Sean an extra second. Then Sean with perfect decision-making and, you know, the ability to put a pass anywhere uh, and take the line on. And then it's, you know, it'll be a couple of decoy lines. Chan's um, getting a ball and with a reasonably simple pass-run decision or it goes out to Dal, right? It's it's lots of, lots of players doing... Um, a number of things really well with a little bit of brilliance here and there, but it's sort of, it's if you sort of add up all the brilliance, it's, a, it's you know, you're collecting little specks of it along the way, if that makes sense. Whereas Brisbane's a lot more just out and out wow factor from Walsh or Ezra Man doing something arsy or um, one of the, the young outside backs just pulling off a freak step or play or kick chase type. Um, so I feel like they're generally less structured in their shape than us, and they rely a bit more on these young guys with their their speed and talent, and just Walsh summing up numbers, you know, better than and and pulling the trigger on stuff better than pretty much anyone in the NRL. So yeah, I mean, I, I do think you can say that about them versus us uh, as a as a general thing. Yeah, well, you know, going through that one to seventeen, you sort of you feel pretty pretty bloody good, um, match up well right across the park as much as uh, some players are. Have different attributes to others, and and you know you just keep coming back to Walsh and what he can potentially do. But 
Yeah. You know, again, there's you, you can't under, and I think, you know, he stepped up at Origin. He was outstanding. He, uh, he was excellent in fairly tough circumstances in his first finals game. The, the storm went after him a bit, went to, uh, to try and rough him up and, and get him to do something stupid. He actually kept his cool. Um, and then, you know, waited for his moment and exploded in the second half for try and a try assist in the space of four minutes. And that took the game away from the storm. So, you know, he's, I don't think his big match temperament can really be questioned at this stage from a fairly small sample size. But, um, you know, that just that this is the first time playing against Darcy. He's getting asked about it constantly. There's stories upon stories, whether it's coming from our camp or, or theirs or, or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big week for, for Walsh, um, even even bigger than usual, even though he has the focal point a lot of the time for these big games. Uh, this is something else again. He won't buckle, mate. He, he's not he's not the personality who's going to let pressure like that get to him. He, I think he's confident to a fault, Walsh. <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, it's not to say he won't make, he might not make errors or get a bit carried away on the weekend, but I don't think, you know, I agree with you. There's just no way Walsh is going to play bad because he's overawed this weekend. I mean, it, to me, it's, I just I don't consider our outside backs and in particular our setters to be fast. Our edge back rowers are not slow, but they're not fast, and I just have nightmares of Walshy getting a ball with a bit of room and getting on the outside and. Um, what he can do sort of off the cuff. So it just like a bit like um, how we control Ponga on the weekend because Ponga's the same. Ponga's a similar type of player. Probably not – I don't think he's, as, he's quite as quick and as aware as Walsh is actually, Ponga. But, um, but yeah, it's the same thing where you just can't let him get very much of that ball. And the only way to do that is make sure you're controlling um, field position in the middle as best you can. So, you know, it's all going to start there. Like, But I – I, I feel like if they get an even share of possession and field position and ruck speed, I just think they can score more points in weekend. That's that's my sense of it. So if we're going to beat them, it's because we stop them from getting an even share of possession, um, field position and ruck speed. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we've probably maybe seen a couple of times that the Gold Coast game, which maybe was a bit of a turning point for Walsh, uh, when he, he ended up getting suspended for uh, for spraying the referee, but he was frustrated in that game. Um, you know, if, if there's a way that we can kind of uh, stymie him a bit there and, and get him frustrated, then uh, that's that's the way you can maybe neutralise him a bit. But, um, yeah, it's just more about limiting the damage, I think. Um, can't wait to see it. I mean, it's just as a, you know, it'd be hard not to view it through a Warriors uh Warriors uh, diehard lens, but it's it's, an, it's a fascinating storyline. While she going up against the Warriors for the first time in a in a massive massive preliminary final, um, yeah, it's just so good. Yep, it sure is. Now I was going to go into some stats, but we've gone too long, so I don't want to labour it. But I did just want to point out um, a couple of interesting stats around. Um, run meters that I think favor us. So against in the matchup against the Bronx. So I'm scrolling while I do that. But the first is um run meters coming off your line. Um so you know when you're you're getting the ball basically in off a kick or off a set start in your own um 
in your own end. And shout out to um, Rugby League Eye Test, fantastic site, brilliant stats. And um, I'm shamelessly reading his material as I do this. Um, but if actually, I'm going to I'm going to do a different one. So meters per run by the opponent rounds one to twenty six. So this is the average meters your opponent makes per run over the course of a season. Warriors Penrith are the best, eight point two one. Right, that's the average run meters of an opponent carry. Warriors are one two three fifth best, eight point four three. Brisbane are uh, seventh best, 8.86, right? So uh, there's a bit of a jump there. That, that actually, 8.86, 8.43 is quite a jump. We're closer to Penrith than Brisbane are to us in that sense. But then if you break it down to pre-contact metres per run, right, so that's telling you about your line speed, because if you're shutting down pre-contact metres, it means your line speed's super fast, right, as a defender. Penrith is the best at 5.49. We're second best at 5.50. Right, so that suggests to me that we've got the second best defensive line speed in the NRL, pretty much on par with Penrith. Brisbane's up at 5.97. Um, so, I mean, that does make me wonder how the hell we got rolled so easy by Penrith the other week. But putting that to one side as a body of work, I think that um, that's where we potentially can can get on top of Brisbane in the middle. Got to have that faster line speed. Slow, shut down that metre per carry, stifle them, stop them getting that roll, stop them getting that, you know, ball to Walsh in good shape. That's, I think that's where we um, where we need to start. Um, all right, well, let's make a quick prediction, Will, and, uh, yeah, get back into uh, enjoying soaking up prelim final week. What's your, what's your prediction and by how much, mate? Oh, I'm going to back us in, mate. I think we'll might get up by Johnson Field goal. How about that? Yeah, I reckon, like, you can't pick against them, no matter um, what the bookies' odds are. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go us by eight. Us by eight. Um, and I'm going to say that I'm going to give you, a, I'm going to give you a try scorer. Um, I think we are going to be right heavy again. Um and I think Brisbane are going to be shooting, so I'm going to I'm going to do my old faithful Rockleberry to get a crash over. I see, I got a good try on the weekend. A um, couple of shout outs before we go. Obviously, Kings Container Crew, thanks so much for your support, and again for last weekend, for our Patreon subscribers out there, uh, you guys are fabulous. I'm sure you're all absolutely uh, frothing for this weekend, and um, and a fairly obscure one here, um, mate of a mate. Uh, his name's Will as well. He's, a, he's a, apparently listens to the podcast, uh, so thanks for that, mate. Uh, he's actually getting married on Saturday here in uh, Canterbury, so he didn't have enough faith in the boys to uh, go postseason with the wedding date. But uh, so hopefully you're going to be able to catch it, mate. Um, maybe wrap up the reception by 10 p.m., consummate at half time, and uh, and yeah, and watch us uh, go into a grand final honeymoon in Sydney. A week later, but um, yeah, good on you, mate. Best of luck for Saturday, and uh, hopefully you get an extra wedding present courtesy of the Warriors. Uh, Fonz, we uh, hopefully we can actually have another guest on tomorrow. It's uh, teed up um, with a mate from Brisbane, so don't want to get too far ahead of myself in case it falls through. But that's the aim. I've got a bunch more stats that we didn't get to around finals experience, the Suncorp Stadium factor. And prelims in general, so hopefully we can punch through those uh, tomorrow. But um, 
yeah, thanks, thanks, Vaughn, for bringing a bit more levity and and balance to uh, to the footy side of things. And um, yeah, obviously, we'll probably get all emotional tomorrow without you uh, steering us in the uh, in the same direction. But um, thanks oh. again for joining us, mate. Can't wait for Saturday. Yeah, also, and can I just say, I really hope Reese Walsh gets absolutely decked um, multiple times in the weekend's game. Um, much as I respect him as a player, I'd just love to see him get decked. Yep, until this Warriors life drops again in your feeds, uh, everyone, enjoy the rest of prelim final week, soak it up, and go the Wars. Yeah, the fucking Wars.